Hey everybody, it's Zach. I am popping in very fast at the beginning of the episode to say two things. One, uh, this is an episode we recorded a while ago, and uh, this week was a little rough for both me and Nick, so we're finally releasing uh, Keyword Lords 2. Yay! The other is that the impending wave that is Commander Legends is looming on the horizon, and me and Nick would like to know, do you want a regular kind of episode? Would you like a uh, different kind of content? What kind of thing would you want to hear about Commander Legends? Uh, we could just talk about the commanders individually. We could talk about uh, the favorite pairings. We could do whatever you want. We're here for you. So that's it. Enjoy the episode. Goodbye. Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So today we are going to be completing a very short series on keyword tribal commanders. So this was inspired by the keyword counters and the, the light keyword tribal sub-theme in Ikoria. And uh, seeing it in that set really opened my eyes to the opportunities to build around this in Commander. It's not something that was blown out on legendary creatures in the set, but I think that for most evergreen keywords, there's an opportunity to create a new archetype by designing a commander that speaks specifically to that that ability. So uh, today we're we we are going to start with hexproof through the end of them alphabetically, and before we jump in, I'm going to briefly talk about our Patreon page. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, with that, let's jump into the mechanics. So last time we left off with haste, today we're going to be starting on hexproof. So let's, let's talk a little bit about hexproof and where the power is concentrated whether it currently has a, a legendary creature that rewards it or grants the ability, and what notable rewards there are in terms of main deck cards. Did we do Hexproof last time? Did we do Hexproof? Do you want me to pause for a second and we can double check? So this episode is the second in a two-part series. Um, we're going to be going through opportunities for keyword tribal commanders. This is inspired by the keyword counters mechanic and the light keyword tribal sub-theme in Ikoria. And it's basically looking at opportunities for each keyword mechanic to turn into a new archetype in commander. There's currently not that many commanders right now that reward you for committing to a specific keyword. And so we're going to be exploring some of those opportunities and seeing what archetypes could be opened up in the format. So last time we did, last time we started with Defender and went through Hexproof. This time we're going to be starting with Indestructible and going through the end. So uh, I think we can go ahead and jump in with Indestructible. But before we do, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon page. All right, so. The, the format of this episode, we're going to be going through looking at what legends grant the ability, what legends reward you for the ability, notable cards that have the ability, and notable rewards that are already existing. So for Indestructible, there are a lot of legendary creatures that grant the ability. So there's Avacyn Angel of Hope, Sephara Skies Blade, Sliver Hive Lord, uh, Lena, Selfless Champion, so a lot of options currently. Um, so if you're maybe looking to, to utilize the rewards without committing to creatures that have Indestructible, there that's an opportunity to do that. So for example, like Avacyn, Angel of Hope, most decks that do that, well, most decks built around Avacyn tend to use the, the best rewards for committing to Indestructible creatures, and those tend to be board wipes. So all your permanents of Indestructible, uh, a Wrath or an Armageddon is just one-sided at that point. 
But in terms of uh, legendary rewards, Child of Alara is probably the best reward for committing to indestructible creatures. If you are running gods or similar types of creatures, like having a commander that repeatedly wipes the board makes it so that your board is pretty much untouched while your opponents lose everything. And we, we actually did a deck tech at one point that was going over a Child of Alara deck that was god tribal and was built around the, the indestructible quality of your legendary creatures. Uh, in terms of notable members, notable cards that have indestructible, uh, the, the most iconic and recognizable ones are probably the gods. But there's a couple other from a couple others from throughout Magic's history that uh, that are also worth running. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, the the best rewards for committing to indestructible are board wipes. Uh, it's just a way to make it so that you're clearing out blockers, you're getting card advantage, and you're not messing with your own creatures. So. What do, you, what do you think about Indestructible Tribal? Do you think that it needs a new commander? Do you think that the options it has now are sufficient for people who are interested in this keyword? I think right now... I don't know why. I think right now one of the problems with an Indestructible Tribal is that they typically use it as like a temporary reward. There's a lot of creatures that you pay an activation to gain uh, Indestructible, um, and there's not that many actual creatures with it, so you do really have to run like an Avacyn or something like that, or or the gods specifically to like grant indestructible. Um, that said, like I think there are some interesting things you could do with indestructible, um, like in the same way that haste, kind of we saw with like Ginger Brute, like rewarding haste after it's on the battlefield um like haste is very much like indestructible where it's often the reward for jumping through a hoop like now your creature has haste um but there's a lot of creatures that just have haste that could be better if they had the commander for it um i think that's kind of the problem with indestructible right now so there's a lot of cards that grant indestructible or temporarily gain indestructible um so i think we're not at the critical mass in particular of this ability to like just fill a deck in any one color with a bunch of like cool hard to blow up guys but then reward yourself for them because really like right now like you said the best reward is just wrathing the board over and over again um but i mean that said i think there is design space that could reward like having indestructible guys um like like I mentioned, Ginger Brute, like rewarding your hasters being there. Like Ginger Brute can't be blocked unless by other hasters if you pay a cost. Um, you could do something like that for Indestructible. Like you could have uh, like a, a solar flare type effect that like blinds guys except your Indestructible guys or something like that. Um, and you could, uh, th there's just some design space there but i i think getting to it is more of the problem than designing for it at this point yeah i agree with you i think that currently indestructible isn't really concentrated in any one particular color i mean there's some indestructible granting effects in like white and green but in general there's not enough creatures with just base indestructible don't have to jump through any hoops for it and as a result um you really have to you you can't get a critical mass in any small number in, a, in any like restrictive color identity. Like the reason Child of Alara works as an indestructible commander is because you have access to five colors worth of indestructible guys, and that's just like barely enough. Yeah, yeah, of playable ones because you're you you still like are only running like you don't want your deck to completely filled with jank, and so you do get to run the good gods. So that's nice but like you said like there that that's i think like you said barely enough to be considered like a, a theme mm -hmm. like like most themes i would say are a theme if you have like around 20 ish cards and you're really really kind of pushing it there when with that list yeah so it may be something where we don't 
have enough support in the main deck yet. We just don't have enough indestructible creatures, but hopefully with a few more trips to Theros or some other locations that have gods like Amonkhet, um, maybe maybe we can uh, get back or like get a critical mass and that'll enable this archetype. Yeah, but something interesting to look forward to. I, I pretty much with all of these abilities, it there's so much space they can mine. So indestructible is one where they could carve out some interesting space if they uh, view it as like part of the hoop as opposed to the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings us to the next ability, which is lifelink. So for lifelink, um, there are a couple legendary creatures that grant the ability. So if you want to focus more on using the life gain rewards, you can run like a Tesa Karlov, which grants lifelink to all your creature tokens, or a Lyra Dawnbringer, which grants lifelink to all your angels. Lend of the Dusk Rose, if you let her go to your graveyard, you create a lot of 1-1 lifelink tokens. Um, but in terms of legendary creatures that reward you for gaining life, there's two. There's Oloro, Ageless Ascetic, and Karlov of the Ghost Council. And uh, if you look at the notable cards that generate life or have lifelink, uh, you'll you'll notice that the vast majority are concentrated in white and black. So there's cards like Crick, Son of Yogmoth, um, Timna the Weaver, uh, Lurus of the Dream Den, Felidar Sovereign, Sarah Ascendant, uh, Murderous Rider. There's a lot of or Cavalier of Night, there's just a lot of powerful cards that have lifelink or generate life. And so there's... And because they're concentrated in white and black, I think is a pretty good... There's a pretty good match between like the best life gain cards and the legends that reward it. So you play if you're playing Orloro, if you're playing Karlov, that's naturally going to fit with a lot of the, the cards you most want to play for this keyword. Uh, there's also plenty of main deck rewards. So in addition to the legendary creatures that reward you for gaining life or committing to lifelink, there's cards you can run in your, your main deck, such as like Dawn of Hope, Archangel of Thune, uh, Drog Skull Reaver, Cradle of Vitality. These are all cards that generate some sort of advantage. Um, Dawn of Hope draws you cards. Archangel of Thune puts plus plus one counters on your creatures. Drog Skull Reaver also draws you cards. Cradle of Vitality puts counters on your creatures. So a lot of ways to to build up your resources via life gain. And these also are concentrated mostly in white, a little bit in black. Yeah, so one of the things that does kind of strike me as uh, interesting about the notable rewards is how um, really, I guess, generic they seem. Like they're all get a counter or like gain more life uh, with the exception of a few that are like draw a card um, in regards to like Well of Lost Dreams and like Drug Skull Reaver. Um, and or if you're you're jumping through the hoop really in a large way, like Lich's Mastery. And I think this kind of is an interesting uh a weird hole that they've kind of built for themselves in regards to like life gain rewards and mm-hmm. something that would really help a life link like rewarding commander or a life link tribal commander is the there's a ton of space for like actually interesting rewards that are more than just like get plus one plus one which is very good um like obviously heliod suncrowned is very powerful um and archangel of thune is also incredibly powerful um when your board is just getting huge that quickly it's pretty hard to to mess with that unless they have a wrath you're just asking for a wrath but i think there's just more room for like rewards and designs there's there's more room for like utility creatures with lifelink there's there's a lot of room that they could design for uh just life link and life gain in general um that has for some reason just gone unmined um, cause we see lifelink a lot. There's a, there's like tons of cards with lifelink and they might be not like most of them are in black and white, but they, 
other colors get them too. White green also tends to get a lot of lifelink. So what are some of the uh, the rewards that you think might be more appropriate or more interesting than, than just the draw card or get counter that are is mostly what we're seeing for, for lifelink? Yeah, I, I think some of the things about lifelink is that it kind of lets you rest on your laurels. Like if you have lifelink creatures, getting big is better because then you gain more life. Or if you're gaining life, gain more life, stuff like that. Um, I think something cool that you could do with lifelink, especially in black, is do... Um, oh, did we put... Um, we did not put... Um, yeah, oh, you, you put Defiant Bloodlord on there. The um, Sanguine Bond. Oh, um, no. I mean, that's that's definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, so like Sanguine Bond effects in black are like a pretty good reward for uh lifelink and we really i'm pretty sure we only have sanguine bond and like one other vampire that really do that right yeah there's the um viscopa guild mage yeah there you go um so that that's something that especially in white black would be really nice to see um there are um kind of using it as like a tag so this is true of like any of the keywords, but like when a creature you control with lifelink blank, like blank, that is something that could happen in, especially in white, like, uh, like a naturalized type effect on like, get, like, like Heliod, you pay a cost to give lifelink to something mm -hmm. like you, I would have to run the numbers on it, but like hitting with a lifelink creature to like exercise an enchantment or something like that. Like that's pretty, that would be very good. That would offer card advantage in a way that I don't think like white uh, it would, being white would invalidate and also is exciting because you get to rain it sideways with a bunch of guys and maybe pay a cost or not to affect the board in a meaningful way more than just like ticking your life total up and watching them tick their life total down. Another uh, type of reward that, that isn't so clearly like when you gain life, do this, or like when a creature with lifelink, or like do this for creatures with lifelink, um, but that kind of fits as a reward for gaining life, is all the black cards that have you pay life in order to mm -hmm. get some sort of benefit. So you could argue like hatred is a really good life gain reward, because if you hatred targeting a lifelink creature, pay you know 20 life, you gain it all back um, and deal 20 extra damage to someone. Or similarly, like Necropotence, you know, if you have some insurmountable life total as a result of all your life gain, you can turn that into cards via Necropotence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and keying off of life is something that I think like a white-green deck could do. Um, so uh like looking at what your life total is is something that could be fun uh rewarding you for that uh some some of these cards make tokens when you gain life and stuff like that i think that's something that could fit in white green that we don't really have a good like a really good example of at this point mm -hmm. um so there there's definitely a lot of space here that for some reason has just been open um i don't know is there anything else you would like to say uh, just that I think that Karlov is a, um, I think there's more opportunities for life gain commanders. I think that Karlov and Aloro and Heliod, Suncrowned, for example, all, um, have some issues like Karlov of the Ghost Council. Um, he's more of a Voltron deck and like he is being more the aggressor, whereas like I think a life gain deck might want to be more defensive. Mm -hmm. um, Aloro, Ageless Aesthetic has that command zone problem where you like are disincentivized from casting him. Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna sit there, and you're gonna get the reward at least once a turn. Yeah, uh, and then Heliod Suncrowned has um, is probably the closest thing we we've gotten to like a, a really effective life gain commander that. Uh, rewards you for for gaining a lot of life and gives you like a really concrete um way to turn your soul sisters into um into effective board position but he has like an issue where because he has that combo hanging over him it's really difficult to um to turn away from that yeah it's yeah i, I still feel that way about heliod I, I he's like so close to like the perfect mono white life gain commander like so close <laughs>
So it's sad. But yeah, there's definitely room and I look forward to seeing um designs. Uh I think we will be uh hopefully after this episode sometime uh kind of showing off some of the designs that you guys submit for uh basically commanders based around uh these keywords. So if you have a cool idea for a lifelink commander uh or any of these commanders, please let us know. And uh I don't know, it's always really fun to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited to see what sorts of ideas you guys come up with. All right, moving on to menace. So currently um there's no legendary creatures that reward you for committing to menace creatures. Um Eroes God of Victory does grant menace to your creatures and he's indestructible, so it's um you can pretty easily plan around, okay, my guys are just going to have menace all the time. But the issue is like a lot of the the most notable creatures with menace and a lot of the the best rewards for menace are are concentrated primarily in black. So yeah, I, I mean, I think we can keep talking about the well, do you want to talk about these these cards and especially like these new cards that were printed too? Or do you want to get into um, the... Oh, no, I lost the thing. There it is. Uh, do you want to talk about some of these rewards? or? Yeah, so some of the rewards that you could potentially pair with like an Eros, um and take advantage of the fact that all your guys are going to have Menace are things like Sonorous Halbonder from... And all of these are from Ikoria. So Sonorous Halbonder sort of gives you one and a half Menace. Uh, yeah. Like normally... With with menace, your guys can't be blocked unless they have, except by two or more creatures. With sonorous halbonder in play, your creatures with menace can't be blocked except by three or more creatures. So even are even better at getting in. Um, Labyrinth raptor is another really fascinating one. Labyrinth raptor is black red for a two two nightmare dinosaur. It has menace. Whenever a creature you control with menace becomes blocked, defending player sacrifices a creature blocking it. And then you can pay red and a black. Creatures you control with menace get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Um, so it's it's both a, a way to pump up your power, increase your damage output, and a, a way to further disincentivize blocking. And then finally, uh, there's Frill Scale Mentor. So Frill Scale... Frill Scale Mentor is 2 and a red for a 3-2 human warrior. And when it enters the battlefield, you put a menace counter on target non-human creature you control, and then you can pay 2 and a red tap to put a plus plus 1 counter on each creature you control with menace. So, unfortunately, um, two of those three cards are black. They don't really fit with Eroes. I think that if you were to design a legendary creature to make use of menace, to, to make use of these rewards, it would need to be black-red, most likely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I don't see a reason why they can't print some menace rewards in white red or or print some red ones that you could put in a red black deck as well as Aroas. Um and I'm kind of surprised that they haven't also at the same time. Um so we'll see what ends up happening, but menace is just uh a lot better ability than uh I mean, I definitely thought it was it was a strange when they kind of got rid of uh, intimidate. Intimidate. Well, not not strange because intimidate did play pretty poorly. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, like Goblin War Drums. Like, I wonder if this will be good. And then it plays great. Like, it always feels great. And because of that, they put it on a lot of really good creatures too. So, like, there are definitely cards that grant menace. Uh, well, I guess there's one card. There's Angrath. Uh, what is it, Captain? Mm. Oh, Angrath, uh, the one that amasses. Yeah, there's Captain of Chaos. Yes. Um, So there's Angrath, Captain of Chaos, which is a uh, Planeswalker, five loyalty, two uh, black-red hybrid, black-red hybrid. Creatures you control have menace and has minus two, a mass two. Um, So there are... That's the... That and Goblin War Drums, I think, are some of the only ways other than a rose to grant menace mm-hmm. on like a large scale. Um, but you kind of don't really need to in regards to menace tribal. Like uh you do have Frill Scare Mentor. Frill scale Frill Scare Mentor, which 
and black is going to give things menace to get put a menace counter on something but there's just so many good creatures with menace like so many good creatures that i want to cast anyway like massacre girl um dire fleet ravager um noxious gear hulk has menace like that's pretty good goblin dark dwellers um care mind eater dream stealer uh greven predator captain there's so many of these like just good creatures or utility creatures like tomb robber um that just get a lot of value and also kind of have menace so i'm pretty into that and i think this list if they ever do create a red black like menace commander would be like a blast to play um it wouldn't need to grant menace to your guys because they've just been doing such a good job for some reason of printing all of these like really rad really powerful menace cards yeah i i I think there's so many cool creatures that have this ability and it's just waiting for the right commander to put them all into the same deck Uh, i don't think it would really i don't think it would take a huge reward to make it so that like noxious gear hulk or massacre girl sort of clear the bar needed to to see play in a deck and commander yeah it's it's a there's a lot and if the reward is good enough you could dip down and play some like pretty silly cards and probably still feel good about them mm-hmm. um there's always some limited like uncommon or something with menace or or some common even that has menace that is probably not good enough for commander but might be if they ever print a uh a, a lord for menace that is good enough so we'll we'll have to see what happens do you have any ideas for uh what types of rewards a menace commander might need um i think the fact that it plays around with combat is interesting so like uh when blocked by blank creature or blank creatures um like getting a reward for that is pretty fun um so like whenever a creature you control is blocked like it gains like death touch or a creature with menace you control is blocked like really get value out of these like creatures with menace uh like kind of really make your opponents think twice about double blocking these guys um i think uh honestly like especially in black the uh making something bad happen for your opponent when they hit two is uh pretty enticing because it is a little it it is a an evasion ability yes it is an evasion ability so uh rewarding you for getting in could also be like a, a route you could take um I really like both of those ideas. I think, um, yeah, uh, combat damage triggers make sense. Granting some sort of extra combat ability like Death Touch or or maybe Trample, both that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to see what types of designs people submit because I think there's a lot of rich ways to build around Menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun to play with, so I'm hoping we do actually get a Menace lord one day all right uh moving on to reach so uh there's currently no legendary creature that rewards you for playing with reach cards although like there's um there's a couple commanders that generate reach creatures there's arasta of the endless web from theros beyond death who will make one two spiders with reach whenever an opponent casts an instant sorcery spell and then there's also ishkana graph widow who enters the battlefield, and if you have Delirium, she'll make three one-two spiders with reach, and then you can pay six and a black to make each opponent lose life equal to the number of spiders you control. So, but other than, like, playing spiders for Ishkana, and spiders happen to have reach, there's not something that really rewards you for playing with reach and even then, like you're rewarded for playing with spiders, not playing with reach. Yes. And so it's not really like building around the ability that much. So let's take a look at some of the notable reach creatures out there. Um, there are some powerful ones, and a lot of them aren't spiders. I'm actually I was actually surprised at how few spiders there were among the, the list of like the best reach creatures. So like Ulvenwald Hydra, four green green with reach. It has power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. When it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a land, put onto the battlefield tapped. 
and then shuffle your library. There's also Rurikthar the Unbowed, four green red for a 6 6 with Reach and Vigilance. It attacks each combat if able, and then whenever an opponent casts a non creature spell, Rurikthar, or is it whenever a player casts a non creature spell, Rurikthar oh, yeah. deals 6 damage to him or her. So, um, a lot of damage dealing potential on that one. There's things like Worldbreaker, which when you cast it, you get to exile a. I think non-land permanent, but I could be totally wrong. I think it might be non-creature. Oh, uh, when you cast this spell, exile target artifact, enchantment, or land, and it's a 5-7 reach, and you can recur it from your graveyard by sacrificing lands and paying mana. And then um, there's things like Kasali Slingers, which whenever a cat enters the battlefield, including itself, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Cavalier Thorns, two green, green, green for a 5-6 reach. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library, put a land from among them onto the battlefield, put the rest in your graveyard. Then when it dies, you can exile it, and if you do, you get to put something from your graveyard on top of your library. So a lot of really powerful cards. Uh, have you noticed any sort of like concentration in terms of the color identity of these cards? <laughs> yes. So one of the things that uh, green does not get is flyers, or at least flyers very often. So to make up for that, green gets a decent amount of reach now. Uh, well, I should say uh, green gets a decent amount of reach. And uh, really recently red actually was uh, given reach as well as, as like a uh, just put it into its uh, evergreen keyword pool, uh, partly to help with limited, partly to help just give green and red another thing they can do together. Uh, and because it makes sense, because you got goblins and giants throwing rocks and stuff. Um, so most of the reachers I think that exist are green in some form uh, until really recently uh, when the red was really added. But I think there's a few hundred green reachers mm -hmm. <laughs> just printed over the years. Yeah, but um, I I've noticed the same thing strong concentration in green a little bit in red recently and i think that going forward red is going to continue to get more reach cards so that may uh be worth considering when you're trying to figure when you're figuring out how to design around this ability but let's let's talk about that now um how how would you go about designing around reach what would make sense on a reach commander so it things about reach cards right now is they're typically defensive because what reach is saying is like yes i can block these flyers so that's one of the reasons you get these spiders with the big butts like the one fours and the one threes and the two fives and whatnot um so that's kind of space you can play in uh, is maybe like a duran the siege tower type space um or if not dealing power in damage like rewarding having uh reachers that are defensive like that um gaining life maybe or or something like that um i think also kind of playing around with uh inverting reach like your reachers like uh basically flipping flying and reach around would be pretty interesting so like your reachers can only be blocked by other creatures with reach and flyers can't block but they you know what i mean i've yeah, been saying yeah. it very poorly but um flipping that around would be really funny and really fun mm -hmm. um and then uh like defensive things would just be like make something really uh bad happen when a reacher you control blocks i think is a pretty interesting thing so like if it's going to be in red you can force combat like maybe like have a reacher uh that has the really common nowadays line of text that's like oh, creatures have to attack each turn of fable or creatures your opponents control attack each turn of fable and then like kind of forcing blocks to be made uh with all of your really defensive guys um i think that's something that people really enjoy the gameplay of um and there aren't really too many rewards for it right now so a reach commander might be a good place for that yeah uh the thing about reach as a mechanic is that it only really matters on defense. And so 
it's kind of unfortunate that like if you want to commit to reach you definitely have to have a lot of creatures with reach and then you can't attack with them because they're really only doing anything on blocks so i think that like granting vigilance to your creatures with reach would make a lot of sense so that you can actually get in but still get the benefit of their reach yeah um and then yeah like you said uh they're the one thing if you like look at the reach creatures you're going to notice that the majority of them tend to have higher toughness than power because they are defensive creatures it, it makes sense but um for that reason like the door and the siege tower ability would also be kind of appropriate to give them that ability to to make use of their highest stat um so i think there's a lot of opportunity there I think I'm really excited to see what types of designs people submit. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of creativity out there. All right. Uh, what is the next evergreen mechanic we're going to be talking about? Yeah. So the next mechanic is trample and uh, trample has gotten a lot of uh, notable creatures, notable commanders over the year. Um, there is a pretty large assortment of creatures that grant trample at this point. There's Surak Dragonclaw, uh, just literally says creatures you control have trample. Mm -hmm. Aurelia, Exemplar of Justice, uh, gives creatures trample, um, or gives a creature trample. Uh, Goreclaw, Terror of Colsima, makes your big guys trample if they didn't already. And then Nelia, God of the Hunt, again, just has the line of text, creatures you control have trample. Um, so there is a pretty wide array of options if you're looking to grant trample with a legend right now. Um, and then there is a legendary reward um, in some form. It's Stonebrow, Cross and Hero. Uh, this guy's really kind of older than the other ones it's from Time Spiral Block. So he is three green red for a four four trample. Um, whenever a creature you control trample attacks, including himself, give it plus two plus two until end of turn. Um, so you might be thinking, oh, wow, we did it. That's There you go. There's the trample reward. Uh, just kidding. That's not actually <laughs> That's you, not actually good. <laughs> you have a bit of experience with Stonebrow, right? Yes. I have kind of like a meme deck, a meme list of Stonebrow, where um, one day my friend and me were talking, and we looked at, uh, at what is the one one with trample, the elf. Defiant elf? Yes. We looked at Defiant elf. And said, haha, like that's that's a two hundred percent increase when you attack with Stonebrow. And then I went, I wonder if there's enough tiny guys to make that happen. Just like load a bunch of tiny guys onto the board, drop Stonebrow, and then you're hitting for like twenty. Uh and there is. Um problem is the deck is bad because mm. you have to commit a bunch of one one tramples and two one tramples for two, and um then you get wrathed. Mm. And and that's it. Because, <laughs> because it's a bunch of tiny guys with trample and the deck is really fun it can kill probably one person at the table and then someone wraths uh or just like takes out enough of your steam to where you can't really uh do anything or ca ca cost you out of stonebrow mm. so uh i would not recommend stonebrow as a very good trample reward <laughs> just from experience um but uh man trample has so many good cards or there's so many good creatures with trample just inherently um that y you can make a few different stonebrow or hopefully some other new uh commander list with just not really giving up too much i feel like yeah um tell me what what colors are the best um are the best creatures with trample concentrated in. And I know there's a lot from throughout Magic's history, but um, yeah, you, are you noticing any patterns? Yes. So this actually is related to Reach, in which uh, a lot of colors get other forms of evasion, but green really did not. Green gets trample, mostly. And every color gets access to trample when the creature gets big enough. That's something that R&D has talked about before. Um. So there are red tramplers, there's black tramplers, there's even white tramplers, a few of them. But um, green is really the primary color for uh, trampling and, and just running guys over. And boy, are there 
a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many of them. Yeah, a lot of cards that we consider to be format staples are uh, that our green creatures tend to have trample, like Rampaging Bayloths, um, Soul of the Harvest, Crater of Behemoth, Hellkite Tyrant, Vigor. There's just a lot of very powerful creatures, and uh, or even like Woodfall Primus. Um, there's just many, many creatures in green that happen to have trample and are powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just something they've been using and will keep using, and I think that's one of the reasons why when Akoria came around, we got some really good rewards for for trample. Um, I don't know if you have those cards up or if I. Should. Yeah, one of them. Well, one of them just st- stuck out to me as like, wow, I would love to build around this. Oh yeah. Um. So Quartzwood Crasher is two red, red, green for a six-six dinosaur beast with trample. Whenever one or more creatures you control with trample deal combat damage to a player, create an XX green dinosaur beast creature token with trample, where X is the amount of damage those creatures dealt to that player. So that's uh, an awesome reward. It just creates gigantic fatties. It can really, um, really disrupt your opponents pretty well. Yeah, it's it's really strong. Like that card uh, is kind of what I wish Stonebrow was mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways, like an actual tangible benefit where you don't have to commit that many cards to the board. Uh, you just got to hit with one guy or himself and uh, you can kind of keep on going. So very, very powerful, really cool, um, just really exciting. And uh, another interesting one uh, also from Aquaria was Proud Wild Bonder. Two hybrid red green, hybrid red green for a 4 3 human warrior with trample. And creatures you control with trample have, you may have this creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. So it sort of turns trample into super trample. Yeah, pretty strong. So, um, based on the, the concentration of these rewards, um, what color identity do you think a trample commander should have? Um, oh, I mean, I'm still pretty partial to red-green. Um, I think that a lot of uh, perception is that, uh, like, Gruel Stomp, uh, there's a lot of notable cards with Trample in red and green throughout the years. Uh, green has the most, but I would say my my bet would be that red has the second most. Um, so I think it would just fit right in there. Um, you could... I think you can make the argument that you could expand it into another color pretty easily, like white because Naya big guys, black because um, Jund big guys. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but red green, I think, is the core of what the trampled deck kind of wants to be, and gives you access to most of the uh, pretty heinous tramplers. So you mentioned that uh, Quartzwood Crasher, that type of effect, would make sense for a trample commander. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other rewards that you think would would be appropriate to build this into an archetype? Um, I think uh, just really kind of going ham on the damage thing. I think like uh, like they they don't do this a lot in Commander, but like when a creature with Trample hits a player, like double that damage, something like that. Um, really like kind of forcing the blocks on your opponent's end to absorb as much of that damage as possible. Um, or vice versa, um, just making it as unappetizing as possible to attack with. Uh, we talked in the last episode about how Death, Touch, and Trample go along together really well. Um, that might not be something that red-green should be holding on to, but is something that I think could benefit a Trample Lord. Um, and then just... Uh, protecting your tramplers i think one of the things about tramplers is it's a combat ability uh, and a lot of the time you are just investing a card and you're attacking with a big boy um who's just getting in there and uh a little scorpion or whatever can just take that out so some way to protect or like maybe bounce your guys or make them cheaper or Something like that, I think, would be a pretty good way to mitigate the cost of just plopping down uh, a big guy and just raining it sideways. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, some great ideas there. And I'm excited to see what ideas the custom card community comes up with as well. All right. Uh, let's move on to the last keyword ability we're going to be talking about today, and that is Vigilance. So um, there are a couple legendary creatures that grant Vigilance to your creatures. There's Kahira the Orphan Guard, who will pump and grant Vigilance to members of five tribes from Akoria. There's Heliod, God of the Sun. Uh, Tesa Karlov will grant it to your creature tokens. Um, and Tyam Luminous Enigma will put, Lum will put Vigilance counters on your creatures as they enter the battlefield. Um, but there's no legendary creature that rewards you for committing to Vigilance dudes. There's, um, although it, it's worth mentioning that there's a lot of non-legendary rewards for Vigilance, a lot of synergy with Vigilance. So um, even cards that don't necessarily mention Vigilance, just but give your creatures something to do when they, you tap them, uh, work great with this keyword mechanic. So... There's Glare of Subduel, which is two white green for an enchantment. You can tap an untapped creature you control to tap target artifact or creature. Um, there's Opposition, which is two blue blue for an enchantment. You can tap an untapped creature you control to tap target artifact, creature, or land. Cryptolithrite, Sentinel, Hierophants, Earthcraft. All of those um, give you a way to tap your creatures and generate mana. So there's a couple rewards out there rewards out there that aren't explicitly for Vigilance, but work really, really well if you have a lot of Vigilance creatures. Um, Alright, uh, moving on to like the notable creatures with Vigilance. There's many, many, many creatures. Yes, there's so many. Um, it, there's Sun Titan, Feyboro Elder, um, a lot of things that uh, there's Bounty Agent, Luminate Primordial, um, a lot of Vigilance token generators. There's a fair number of Knight token generators that make Knights with Vigilance. Um, but there's just a lot of cards. And are you noticing any sort of um, any sort of pattern in the, the color identity of these cards? Yes. Uh, most of the Vigilance uh, creatures with Vigilance just are concentrated in white. Um white it, it really makes sense white being kind of the supposedly the color that is best at combat um having creatures that can attack and then also block uh is super beneficial to that and uh just over the years they keep getting cards printed with vigilance uh they gave it to green a while ago around um was it like scars of mirrodin like then like zendikar block i think was when they started giving it more to green mm -hmm. um where they're starting to put it at like common for green. Um, so since then we've gotten a lot more green and specifically white green vigilance guys. Um, but it is, uh, I, I would really say that white kind of takes the, takes the cake for that one. So a legendary creature would probably be concentrated in white, maybe white green. Um, what sort of abilities would make sense for a commander with Vigilance? What are you looking to see on that type of card? Yeah, I think um, you already mentioned one, like giving your creatures tap abilities. Like in Akori itself, there was the Frondland Felidar that is a 3-5 Vigilance for 4, and then it gives creatures you control to Vigilance a tap ability. One tap, tap target creature. Um, that's a great reward for these Vigilance creatures because you can get in there and then tap down their board to get in there. Um, or just like wait, just get in there. And if they're going to try and come at you, tap down their board. It just gives you so much like board control and board presence with your guys that might just naturally have vigilance, turn those tokens into a little bit more board control. So something along that line is like would be really strong and really powerful. Um, I think also letting your guys with vigilance, uh, like, since it's like a, a, a martial thing a lot of the time, like martial prowess, um, something like make vigilance look like menace or like creatures you control with vigilance like can block an additional creature and must be blocked by an additional creature, something like that. Um, that is like an interesting way to like make this mechanic about combat, like even more so about combat. Um, and then you can always reward 
vigilance in uh just like how many creatures you have or like uh tap x creatures with vigilance to make something happen or do a scaling effect or something like that um that also i think would be pretty pretty reasonable reward because you still have to invest into the board before you get any Ooh. before you get any payout oh <laughs> you still have to invest into the board before you get any payoff out of it yeah i like um a lot of those ideas i really like the blocking multiple creatures that makes sense it plays into the defensive nature of the ability i like the granting tap abilities that also makes a lot of sense um i think there's there's a lot of rich design space for people who are interested in making a commander that rewards vigilance um and i like that um and i now that we're sort of like reaching the end of this series and and sort of looking over at it as a whole I think that we've come along, come across a lot of ideas, a lot of design space where there's opportunities to make a commander that's more than just like creatures you control with haste get plus one plus one. I think there's ways to really dig into like what does this mechanic do? What do these creatures with this mechanic look like? Um, and reward based on that. And that's the those are the kind of designs we're hoping to see and the ones we really want to showcase when we come back and do our custom design episode around keyword tribal. Yeah, I think this is a really good opportunity to show off like w- flavorfully what these mechanics mean. Um, some really good uh, commanders are uh, just very flavorful designs. And I think that building around keywords and rewarding keywords um, can kind of come along those same lines. Like, what does it mean to be hasty? What does it mean to have vigilance? What does it mean to be a double striker? Like, what what does that look like thematically? Uh, and then, can you build around that in a uh, kind of more uh, evocative way than, like you said, creatures with double strike get X, creatures with trample get X, something like that? Yeah. Well, uh, that's the end of the show today. Before we go, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. And pause for one sec. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, and Amond. Thank you all for supporting the show. It's because of your patronage that we're able to um, do sort of exploratory, well, do more and different types of content. So... If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy. And you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.